Here it is. The episode you've been waiting for. The Neighborhood Sellers Podcast with your hosts, Nico and Sasha Antanasio. Grab a chair, grab a drink, grab a friend, and enjoy the conversation. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right, that's right. It's another episode. Sash, why are you, Sash, Sash, you there? <laughs> How you doing? Welcome to the Neighborhood, pa- uh, blah, blah, blah. Neighborhood Sellers Podcast today. Man, you said I was nervous, huh? I know. Yeah. No, 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 it's just this one thing. My tongue was all, you know, tied up in the cherry. Do you want to introduce our friends? Absolutely. Well, I'm going to introduce my, one of my good friends, and you can go with the other one. Guess which one I'm going to introduce? Jeff? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I was actually going to take oh, you. Take yeah, because you guys been beefing for a very long time, so I think I'm going to take you. Who's beefing? No, 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 no. Back in the day, it was just, yeah, inside joke between me it and takes, him. It takes two to beef, though. De- uh, yeah. de- <laughs> you know, it's very true. So I want to welcome today one of our amazing, amazing guests, the quarterback, the mortgage quarterback. Is that what he goes by? Jeff Mother Van Note in the house. Thanks for having me. Appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you for the introduction. That was a welcome, though. I did yeah, it all that, that was. I did it all on my own. That that was wonderful. But oh, you, oh, you want an applause? Yeah, because oh. I did so good. Okay. <laughs> there we go. There's your applause. So I guess I get to introduce Mega Ron. Yeah, absolutely. Mega Agent Ron Lagashi. Yeah. Guys, welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. This is a first because we're on Instagram Live through Jeff's feed. So anyone who's watching it, you're getting a pre. I guess you get a preview of the episode yeah. before it goes live on Friday. So uh, lucky for you guys, you get to see the episode before we go live. And, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I should have done the, the cough button, but I don't know, a little frog in my throat. But uh, just to you know, let people know who you guys are. So Jeff was my lender when we bought our house. And Jeff has a big, small part of how we became realtors. When Sasha and I bought our house, we were confused. We were angry. Um, anxious. Very anxious. And Aggressive. Do I keep going? Yeah, yeah. You can definitely keep on adding, too, because it's all true. And I was super... Fearful, excited. All the I was super pissed off because I didn't feel like anyone was telling me what I needed to know. And... It, that feeling that we had, we knew that we want other people to feel. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really no one's fault. It was just combinations of everything. We were the first buyers, each, uh, bu- first buyers for the real estate agent that was our friend. And he's still doing real estate at a high level right now. Um, not able to actually meet anyone in person other than our realtor. So all that stuff just made us feel super... I guess anxious and whatnot, got to the point that, I mean, I cursed you off. I mean, in, in, in return, we, we went out of return um, just because we, you know, we just didn't know what was going on. And, and um, we ended up becoming friends afterwards. You know, Sasha and I, we knew that we wanted to um, not have anyone feel exactly the way we felt and we want to make a change. And our very first event that we did as real estate agents, you're like, bro, I'm there. I got you. It we was, literally spoke about that last yeah. night. Well, no, it was the last night. Yeah. Yeah. It was our, our, our home buying seminar. Yeah. And I think it was like. At the post in your town. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it was maybe. 2019. 
It was 2019. No, was it? Was it? No, it was, it was 2019. Was it 2019? Uh -huh. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was 2019. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was because that's when I went full time. It was that night. Yep, it was on a Saturday it night. Was, yes. Yep. And um, Jeff even said, he goes, listen, next time don't do it on Saturday. Do it in the middle of the week. Saturdays are tough. We had maybe like 13 people and one person ended up buying a house. But didn't use us as a realtor. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> wow, what rookie mistake! He used they everybody so else there. behind the air. Yeah, like, he used, part of the game though. Absolutely. He used everyone else there, but not us. I remember that now. Speaking about it. And then, do you want to explain how we're friends with uh, Ron? Ron, I just started stalking him on social media. <laughs> nah. I don't really have social media. Yeah, he doesn't even have social media. It's impressive. No, dang, that, that was very brave of you. Today with that button. But Ron Lagashi is the number one mega agent around. Like, you would know. You mentioned his name. He's, like, smoother than a smoothie. Like, he's so awesome, so chill. A person like me, when I met him, I was like, oh, my God, I need to know who he is. And I was like, hey, Ron, I'm Sasha. We're going to be besties. We met at this program. It's called Bold for KW, mm -hmm. um, where you learn to take your business to the next level. You learn to explore yourself and a personal business, every level of every aspect. And he was at my table, and he was very introverted. And in my head, I was like, he's going to be my friend. And every time I would talk to him and he was like, ah, just act like I wasn't there. I'm like, he's going to be my bestie. You don't know it yet. And I would tell him this all the time. I'm like, you don't know it yet, but we're going to be besties. And then look at us today. I don't know if Ron would describe us as besties, but in my head, <laughs> we're besties. We're friends. If he called me at 2 o'clock in the morning for he help, would pick I would, up. I'd he pick really up would. You know, that's what I love about real estate, though, right? So, yeah. you know. We've never met before, right? Absolutely. I don't know you. I've never heard your name, never seen your face until I walked into the, this office wow. today, right? Uh -huh. So it just shows you like how many real players are out there yeah. that other people don't actually know, and then oppositely, how small the industry is, right? Oh, so like, as nice. big as the industry is, as small as it is, but there's Absolutely. always new faces and players and people out there that we should all be meeting. That's why these you know, podcasts and meetups and networking events are so powerful coming, back, coming out of COVID. You're 100% right. Now, you've been doing this, and... For people that don't follow Jeff, throw your tag. What, what, just say uh, what your tag is, your uh, Instagram. My, my tag? No, no your Instagram. My Instagram, TikTok, all your... your... Uh, Instagram is just at Jeff Van Note Senior, SR. There you go. <laughs> you hear his we'll story. Give him a follow, guys. He's also got a book. you got to check the book out. Well, yeah, we'll definitely, we'll get, we'll, we'll definitely get into the books. But Jeff's, Jeff's not shy when it comes to... Jeff's We're not shy about it. Book really yeah, look at you guys got one right there. Oh, live. I got one? You know, that's for I never got one. That's my buddy Ron. Thank you, man. Oh, did they? So, um, your husband stole and sold it on, on eBay, I think. <laughs> Cheap bastards. <laughs> so, so, Jeff's story is, is public. He, he, tell, he tells it how it is. Um, you got into this, you, you went to Fordham University. You played quarterback at Fordham. Played receiver. Receiver, I'm sorry. You played quarterback at right. high school. Prior, yeah. Mm. Quarterback to receiver to get on the field and then receiver in college. There you oh, go. wow. Yeah. Um, but, and you got into this young. I mean, 20. Yeah. So, what year was that? Uh, it was the end of 2007. 2007. Yep. So, that's right before everything just blew up. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of, I would say like every story has a background, right? Mm -hmm. Every story has like a future, right? So, like, no story ever comes to an end. I, I believe, right? So I've also come to learn to believe that like experiences that happen in the past usually fuel your future. Mm -hmm. And I read something the other day that says like humans are given a memory, right? To remember lessons from the past to apply them to the future and present, right? So it's pretty powerful. Oh, wow. um, I actually wanted to buy a house mm -hmm. in 2007, summer 2007. So I lived in a three family 
and there was a three bedroom over a three bedroom over a three bedroom while playing college football. Oh wow! And each person paid six hundred dollars per month, right? So my wheels start spinning, right? Mm. And I remember, this is the summer of two thousand seven. You know, the iPhone I don't even think was out yet. Um, mm. You know, we had the Garmin navigation system. Yeah, yep. you like back in the day, how long? MapQuest, like, yeah, sixteen yeah. years ago, mm. right? MapQuest, right? <laughs> And I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, not, what's nine times 600? It's 5,400. 5,400 times 12. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of money. I'm like, I got to figure out how to buy a house. I'll make, I'll buy the house. No money, no down, no credits. I had no money, no credit, right? At the time, I was 20 years old. I'm like, I got to buy a house and make it a football house, and I'll just charge eight other people rent. I'll live for free, and I'll pocket some money. So I wound up walking past the house every single day from the football house to campus, right, on Cretona Avenue in the Bronx. You know the Bronx mm-hmm. well. And there was a first sale sign. I tell mm. everyone this story, and they, they still can't believe it to this day. So, again, I'm 20 years old, know nothing. And I'm like, if you see a first sale sign, what would you assume? It's for sale. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, all right, house, for <laughs> sale sign. What do you do? You call the listing. Absolutely. Right? Call yeah. the first sale yeah. the number. Hey, exactly. call this house. So I called the house for sale sign, right, at the time. Every, every And you know me, right? So I don't lie. Every <laughs> single day from July to December. Yeah. Thanksgiving, Halloween, you name it. But I was playing college football, right? Mm-hmm. So I couldn't just like get my car and I didn't know the Bronx. I knew how to get from the George Washington Bridge to Fordham University and Arthur Avenue. Right. I didn't know like I'm not the exploring Bronx, Bronx. the Bronx. Yeah, absolutely. I'll go to Yankee Stadium, but <laughs> and that. again, that's it, right? <laughs> so I wound up, we, we, we lost to Victor Cruz in UMass, right? Ooh. In the playoffs, right? And came back from like that Thanksgiving break. We're preparing for finals. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to grow some balls, and I'm going to put on my suit and tie. We have to have a suit and tie for when we travel, right, uh-huh. for football. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to drive to this real estate office, right? So I put in my Garmin navigation, and, like, just to give you proximity, like, the office is here. <laughs> the real estate – I'm sorry, I lived here. The real estate office was here. My navigation yes. took me, like, all oh the way God. around, <laughs> all the way up 95. Oh, like, man. I'm talking about, like, like a full backwards seat wow. where I had to go. And it was only, like, a mile and a half away, but it took me, like, seven miles, wow. right? <laughs> Whatever. That's what it was at the time. So I show up, pull up to the office, and I'm like obviously anxious, right? And I had a business card. So I basically go and I walk in and I say, Hey, um, I'm here to buy the house on Cotona Avenue. And he's like, The house ain't for sale. And I'm like, There's a for sale sign on it. What do you mean the house isn't for sale? Oh, no, honey, that's a short sale. I said, What's the hell? That was a short sale, right? Like, because then at 2007, no one really knew what short sales were. They were just coming into the market. Mm-hmm. Basically, the lady owed like $700,000 on a $250,000 house. That's how, wow. that's how big the gap was. Wow. You can fast forward. And again, I, don't, don't quote me on this. I believe the sale, this is 2007, that house finally sold on a short sale. I believe it was 2016. So it was in foreclosure default for literally nine years, 10 years, whatever wow. it was. And there was a 90-something-year-old lady living in the basement. And based on New York City laws, she they did it. the bank couldn't foreclose because yep. they knew that they basically had to wait till she died in order to actually foreclose and take the property back. Anyway, wow. Wow. so that's what got me into business. So what happened was I walked into the office. They're like, no, 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 the house ain't for sale. The house ain't for sale. So I'm like, well, that's kind of fucked up. Like, there's a for sale sign <laughs> in the house. Like, if you knew that yeah. shit's not going to sell, why put a for sale sign on Like, now you fucked me up. I'm 20 yeah. years old. And I'm trying to... And I'm trying to buy the happen. house. So you're yep. fucking my money up too, right? <laughs> right. So I wound up... Basically going to walk out, and the lady's like, hey, you do mortgages? I'm like, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I have two leads here. We haven't seen a mortgage guy since the summer. You mind calling these two people up? Stop and at that it. point, literally, like, if you've ever been at the casino, you hear, like, a jackpot. Yeah. I'm like, 
is this how easy the business is? Wow. And I wound up going back to that office from that day. So that was like, call it like December 12th, 2007. So I'm 20 years old. I went there every single day, right? Every single day from December 2012 through June of 2009, that same office. Every single day, I have people that vouch for that. I literally spent all my time focused on the relationships and taking business from that office. But to make it even funnier, so my birthday is December 17th, right? So I show up on December 17th. Like, I don't tell them it's my birthday, right? And I'm like, hey, uh, this and that, whatever. And I'm like, I'm finally 21. I could drink with you. Because every time I would go there, they would offer me Coquito <laughs> to drink. It's like yeah. the holiday season. I'm Absolutely. like, guys, I can't legally drink. You know, is like, Coquito I play actually alcohol, I'm though? Football. I don't know. Like... So that was a long winded story of what got me in the business. It was my desire wow. to buy a house, to figure it out. And then I walked in. I was like, wow, it's that fucking easy to get leads in this business. I could kill it in this business. And that's what wow. propelled, my, propelled my story forward. Now, Ron, you, now you didn't start real estate here in Jersey. No, no, I started in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I was in year which? 2005, I got my real estate license out there. So you saw the whole collapse. In- I feel like he sounds like yeah. he's underwater, like he's swimming with the mermaid really quick. Well, well, I, 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 had him I, I raised his volume, he's good now. <laughs> okay, thanks. So how did you get into business? Well, I, uh, I got married in 2004, um, graduated college. We, my dad says, uh, hey, listen, I want to expand my business. Bought a commercial building out there. Um, said I'm gonna in I, Vegas. In Vegas, uh, I have a grandiose plan to ultimately retire out there. Why don't you go out there and manage my business? Oh, wow. My father ultimately never really did anything with that business. I was already out there. The one friend I had out there was a real estate agent. He says, "Well, why don't you get your real estate license?" So I did, and that's how I got into it. So um, I was out there until I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> um, because Las Vegas got hit super hard, maybe the hardest in uh, the entire country. I think it was like it was, Vegas and Arizona, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was, a, it was pretty much a 70% um, drop in price uh, values. And what happens is, when, uh, for those that don't know, um, real estate commissions are very proportionate to sales price. Right. And, uh, Directly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and what happens is, so Vegas, we started feeling something towards the end of summer 2007. By October of 2007, we really started feeling something. By January of 2008, it was just a collapse. Oh, wow. It was Apocalypse. just, de- yeah, Apocalypse. it was devastation. You know, that's wow. when you started seeing all the short sales foreclosures. That's all we were doing. And what happens is, well, when a $420,000 house is now worth 150000 uh, pretty much overnight, and a two hundred thousand dollar condo is pretty much worth sixty thousand dollars overnight. Wow! Literally, um, literally overnight. Yeah, I, don't li- people, I don't think people realize the velocity right. at which that happened, wow. right? And I was watching it from the lending standpoint, but people would literally big. Oh, I bought a house for eight hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, okay, well now it's worth four fifty. They're like, what? Right? It's worth less happened. than that. Yeah. <laughs> this is in the Bronx, so yeah. it's stable. Uh, in the New York wow. State, so it stabilized yeah. a little bit, but you still got clipped forty five percent. That's crazy. On a snap of a finger. Yeah. So what happens is now, um, as a real estate agent, um, you really need to do three times as much uh, trans- as many transactions overnight, pretty much, to have the same um, income. Now, here's the thing: um, if you don't know this already, bills, well, bills don't stop. Yeah, bills don't <laughs> stop. Right? They keep coming in. Um, it doesn't really matter how much money you're making. So it, it, was, yeah. it was what you call challenging, difficult. Uh, it was probably, uh, you know, one of the more difficult uh, times of my life, if not the most difficult. How old were you at that time? Um, at the time, now I have to do some math. How old are you now? I'll do math. No, I'm 41. <laughs> so 17 years ago, you were 24. Right. Um, no, it was. It, it wow. lasted all the way into December of 2009 when I had to gotcha. just pack up, uh, come back to Jersey with my tail between my legs and start over again. It's humbling uh, at an early age. Yeah, yeah, and well, by then I have two kids, so Even more humbling. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, wow. So it's uh, it, it was it kids was, will do that to you, right? Well, um, you know, you, you really have to prioritize and find a way because when when it, regardless of how difficult it is, how challenging something is, you always have to find uh, the best way forward because you don't have a choice. So absolutely, you can't so, just get stuck. So we got licensed. Well, I got licensed in eighteen. I mean, you know, and I was at the time I was running restaurants. When I bought my house, I was running restaurants, seven restaurants in the Bronx. Tosca. Yep. Yeah, Tosca. Um, uh, Chibar, uh, Giovanni's, Giovanni's down in Fordham. Um, so we, we were running, I was running several restaurants and then I'm like, yeah, we can do this. So I'm like, you know, it's a good idea. Let me just take a step down and just be a general manager. It was horrible because I'm like, I forgot how much more work it was. How much more micromanaging. It was horrible. So I mean, I ended up becoming a general manager of Max Burner in Union Square. And from working like 50 hours a week, it was like 80 hours a week. It was just horrible. But anyway, so I went full-time in 19. This is the first time we are experiencing anything that's outside of what we're used to. Like when we got into the business, True. you had a home, whole new game today. It, it, it is. Absolutely. And we're learning as we're going because uh, we, we don't have any experience. Because when we got in, it wasn't as crazy as the seller's market was. I mean, no, the market was actually dead in 2019. Dead, yeah. relative I mean, to what you saw in 2020. You can get, you were getting good deals for houses. Right, right. You know, we're like you, amazing deals. And rates were still relatively deal. low, five percent. Exactly. Well, yeah, like exactly. But that was high because they raised from three percent, three and a half to five percent, right? So that did happen in 2019. It, oh, I didn't even know it was even that low before that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I didn't so, know like, either. When we yeah. bought our house, we thought we had a great deal. It was like four point yeah. seven nine or something. Like that. We we're like, oh, that's a great deal. Maurice rate. rose in twenty seventeen <laughs> when you purchased. That's what happened. You caught that tail. Did we? Up, really? And dipped a little bit. Yeah. So like, we kind of went like this for a little bit, and obviously COVID happened. And oh wow. Yeah. So, so we're just learning. So, all our leads comes from social media. I mean, 89.7 percent of our leads from last year. All social media, and mostly Instagram. Insert, as you guys watching, follow us, the neighborhood sellers on Instagram. If you're looking for a realtor, <laughs> hit me up, Sasha Sells and Jay. No, just just. <laughs> Fun uh, fact, though, before, I want to interject really quick. I don't know if Ron and um, uh, Jeff. Jeff, why I just drew a blank again? Oh my God, you have these buttons, bro. Finger happy it's today. The, it's the Sasha button. Yeah, it's, that's what he calls it. Anyways, <laughs> fun fact: everybody thinks that Nico went into the business first. It was the other the other way around. I was the one that wanted to become a realtor because I was like, "Yeah, and I'm from Jersey. I say realtor with an A in the middle." Realtor. I know you love that, Ron. So, um, <laughs> so I wanted to become because the kid was like, our daughter was becoming two. She's going to school, and I'm like, "Hey, you know what?" I, I've been like a career bartender my whole entire life, right? That's how, like, I was making six figures in the city with my weekends all yeah. working in Grand yeah. Central. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. what? Right. Why would I want to do anything else? Right. So I, I wanted to go back to work. I was done being a stay at home mom and like having someone attached to me 24 7, whether it be breastfeeding or whatever, sure. always being attached sure. to someone. I told him, I'm like, I want to go to hair school. I've been doing my makeup, my hair for so long, and everybody always asks questions about it. I checked it out. It was like a good sixty-five grand, and then the return on my investment Tough. It was, was gonna be long. Not, yeah, yeah be I had long. to like literally like know people and like always networking yeah, yeah. and all these things. And I'm like, and be hands really on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And if you mess up somebody's hair and makeup, that's not gonna go away. It's gonna be everywhere. So then I looked into like real estate school. When we were buying, I reached out to all my realtor friends, and I'm like, hey, 
is this what's supposed to be happening? She did exactly what we tell clients not to do. Literally. And they were like, it why are you doing you. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, why are you doing this? Like, you should have just used me. And I'm like, guys, I'm trying to literally fire the realtor. We cannot because him and Nick are super close and it's a, he's a part of the family. We cannot. Can we? Can you just answer this question for me? And like, I would ask one of them a question and rotate around and then come back around. I like six of them on rotation. And um, I was like, how much do you guys like make? And they're like, well, it's per closing and per this. Because you know, and nobody ever wants to divulge like how much they make and all this good Which stuff. Which I don't understand why, because if anything, it's like, it's A, it's almost public information. And exactly. B, like, it might inspire somebody. But not just that. 100%. Like, we, I teach a social media class. Ex and, and we I tell put, everybody at all and, and I tell them my social well, last, social media, yeah, right, last year, in three months, from January to March, we cleared $100,000 in gross, income, uh, gross income. Why uh, would you keep that a secret? Like, it shows how successful you are. Exactly. The and how inspiring you could be at the I same time. I had that same like insecurity. Oh, I want people to know what I make. And I, I'm like, hey, guys, here's what I make, right? Because yeah. it's really no one's fucking business. And also, 100%. Yeah, you can make a million, but if you're spending 900000 yep. yeah, like whatever, right? So people usually Absolutely. fail to recognize that. But what I've learned is, and from being around highly successful, I'm talking about like, People that are worth ten to forty million dollars, like real, real players, right? Being yeah. in that Goldman Sachs world, absolutely, right? When you have confidence in your skill set and you have confidence in your craft, and you're a true professional, yep, you earned every penny, hundred percent. So when you think you're getting paid more than you're worth, you keep it a secret. But when you actually get paid what you know you're worth, uh -huh. it's not a secret anymore. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So my my thing was going, you know, with your guys' background, you guys have seen this already. Mm -hmm. What are you guys no doing? No one's seen this already, though. No, no, but no like one's in, seen this. But, no, but like well, as far as similar to like interest rates, interest rates going up, sellers market not enough, not enough product. We've never, we've never seen what works. And you let me know what you think. My belief, to my core, is mm -hmm. we've never in the history of America have seen interest rates double, right? Inventory be so low and prices still rising in the history of the United States. We've never seen this type of market environment before. And that's why I'm so bullish and optimistic on the real players mm -hmm. and the people that persevere and have persistence and aren't quitters and aren't victims thrive not only in this market, but have a level playing field. Because right. nobody, I consider myself, and hopefully you guys do as well, as close to an expert, if not an expert, in what I know. Absolutely. We, we do our daily homework. It, I think it's a must. I mean, and that's something I learned from Ron. Absolutely. You can't say, oh, you know what, it's probably best coming from your mouth than mine. 100%. Like, you want to know <laughs> what you want to know, right? Right, so you want to be the expert. And exactly. It doesn't take much to be the expert. Um, going back to 2016, there was multiple offers, but we weren't waiving anything. Um, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse, and it just keeps getting worse. Um, as far as the co competition goes, the supply and demand issue goes, and uh, it is what it is. Those are the market conditions. Um, different markets have different challenges. There's always pros and cons to every market. There's always different skill sets that we need to improve upon. And when it comes back to expertise, is that going to benefit us? If we become experts in a particular niche or product, is that going to benefit us and our clients? And the answer is yes. Well, how come most agents don't do it? Well, they just choose not to. They're not willing to put in the yep. work to become an expert. I say politely, Absolutely. they just choose not to. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So Ron, Ron is very... <laughs> yeah. We're going to balance each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a yeah. Yeah. This oh, is, like this. Like you when, see what I'm talking about? Yeah. He's just so fired, isn't yeah. he? So when you're like, hey, listen... Most likable human being I've met today so right. far. <laughs> so, I've only met you three, so... <laughs> so when you, when you text me back, when I'm like, yeah. yo, what... Because... Sasha and I were talking about bringing both of you guys on the show, right? But at different times. At different times. And you're like, hey, bring someone else on. I'm like, the perfect person to put on the show with Jeff Ying to your yam. would be Ron. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Where, and you guys will compliment each other. Sure. 
it, it, it would be just it, it would be like you guys known each other for such a long time. Literally, it, it would just work. So when when you said that, I'm like, Sash, I know exactly what yeah. we're gonna ask Ron, and then Ron's like, Yeah, sure, I'll be there. Like no questions asked. Ron is, you, is like the most well. easy. No, no, no. no. I'm technically at a tenderfly office, but we have our own. Uh, For KW office. though. Uh, yeah. yeah. You're with what's his name? Um, Zohar Zamir. Yeah, but isn't there there's another gentleman that was a New York City guy that's over that way now? I forget his name. In tenderfly. He's one. He's in management. I think he's one of the owners. Maybe I could be wrong. I gotta get it. Oh. So he works with Eddie. Yeah. Oh, so he, he works in the yeah. same office with Eddie. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> so gotcha. Eddie's a you know a mutual friend of ours. Eddie yeah. Cohen. Eddie Eddie Cohen, correct? Yeah. So, so. What would you guys say for people listening? So you said one thing early on in the conversation, and uh, you uh, reiterated it. Um, what you felt as a buyer in mm -hmm. the process, it doesn't take much to be better than the, uh, the, uh, than the traditional agent or the traditional uh, lender. It really doesn't. And if you do this like one little thing, just tell the client what happens next. Then you're better than 90% of the agents and the lenders right. out there. If, if, you don't tell, if you reply, you're Yeah, be responsive. Yeah. You know, reply. The first step is replying. Just tell them what happens having... next. Now, here's here's the thing. That, that the majority of agents, if you don't know what happens next, you can't communicate what happens Correct. next. Right? So if you don't know the buying process, you can't communicate the buying process. If you don't know how to strengthen an offer, then you can't communicate how to strengthen an offer. If you don't know Absolutely. the market conditions, you can't communicate what the market conditions are. So what do we need to do as lenders or real estate agents before the opportunity presents itself, well, you might want to get to know the buying process, the market conditions, how to strengthen an offer, uh, and all that fun stuff, because you can't give what you don't have. Yep. So you prepare the op for the opportunity, or you can just learn the hard way, and that's okay too. There's no right or wrong, <laughs> but there's a better way. Um, it's uh, you can just wait for the opportunity to present itself, then uh, learn the hard way, because it's more than likely going to become a missed opportunity that you can learn from Absolutely. if you actually reflect back on it, because. You know, experiences might be a good learning lesson, yet experience plus reflection is a better learning lesson. So it's just... Look at you like a guru today. Well, he just mentioned this. the same thing in different words earlier. So. <laughs> you put uh, it in a more politer... Yeah. Well, he said, I gave the headline, yeah. he gave the meat and potatoes. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I, I like to simplify things, just make, make it easy. You know what I've learned, though, again? Like, so remember, everything's experience, right? Yeah. So it's not like I just came into the business and have this now perfected system, and I'm a big believer that... Everyone has a perfected play call, right? But the player that's running the play, you might have to tweak it a little bit. Audible. So you have to, Absolutely. right? Because everyone's different. Like if you're stronger and he's faster, I'm going to have him run the deep ball. I'm going to have you probably run the ball up the middle, mm -hmm. right? But Absolutely. we're still trying to score a touchdown. What I've learned from my experience, right, especially with a first-time home buyer or somebody newer, less seasoned, right, my job is almost to protect them Right, insulate Absolutely. them from the unknowns, mm -hmm. and only give them the high level of what you have to do. Right, if you show up to a football game for the first time, it's impossible to show up to a football game, never watch football, and walk out of there knowing the plays, positions, and everything. Right. True. So when you show up, it's like, hey guys, Absolutely. the person with the ball is trying to score a touchdown. The person that's not having the ball is trying to prevent to the team from scoring a touchdown. Right. Very simple. So when you're dealing with a first-time home buyer or somebody that's new, first-time seller even, it's like, listen, I'm going to get you involved as a first-time home buyer, my borrower, right, when I need to. You're not going to become an expert from buying your first home. So I'm going to fill you in when you need to be filled. All the pertinent information. I get what you're saying. Absolutely. And not over-communicate, right? Absolutely. So again, for example, when we're dealing with people that need to get their credit scores up, right, because we obviously experience this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey. 
I need you to pay down your Chase credit card from a $1,200 balance to a $400 balance. Send in Chase an $800 payment one time today, right? Don't use the card. Make the minimum payments until you close because your credit score by by X, y, August is gonna 1st be... is going to be up 40 points. I'm going to help get you a half point better rate, right? I'm not going to explain to you anything more than that. Just follow those specific orders. Not because I don't want to explain it to you, right? But I have 500 other people I have to get back to. I'm giving you exactly the orders that need to be done. Absolutely. You execute those. Mm -hmm. If you want me to take the time and spend an hour or two, like I'm an educator at heart, right? Absolutely. I didn't get into the mortgage business to sell mortgages. I didn't get into the mortgage business to make a boatload of money. Right. I got into the business to educate and do right by people. That's when people are like, you just turn this client away? I'm like, yeah, because they don't want my education. They want my price point to be the lowest. And I'm not that guy, right? Yeah. So like I'm the big educator. But you also have to understand that not every student is willing to be educated. True. 100%. And we had a mutual client that was that prime example. Yeah. yeah. And I want to get into that real quick, briefly, right? So, you know, it's like you always want to do right by people, right? And part of the reason why I started putting everything in writing is because people have what's called selective memory loss. I'm uh -huh. sure you know this as well. So, yeah, I have it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I'm, I have like a memory like an elephant. So, unfortunately, I can't just, I wish I could forget a lot of stuff, right? I can't, I haven't, maybe by the time I'm your age, I'll be able to, your guys' age, I'll be able to do this. <laughs> Thanks. So younger. Um, but it's like, okay, you said you needed X. I solved your problem, right? And then hold on. You're mad because you had a foreclosure, right? That's that right. you never told me Nobody about, told right? So, exactly. I gave you a loan without even pulling your credit, mm -hmm. right? Because I, you had a house basically free and clear. And then you told me because I didn't ask you if you've ever had a foreclosure, right, that I should have known that. And then you're mad at me for lending you money, right? So it's like what level of – and it happens everywhere, right? You get emotions involved. But what level of expectations do people actually have? And mm. the fact that people in today's world and society put the like, accountability and responsibility on everyone else. It's always everyone else's fault yeah. rather than saying, you know what? I should have probably told you I'm trying to buy a house. I, should, I had a foreclosure. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you let this is what we do when um, when involves. In, first of all, when we do in a transaction, we make sure that um, we want to work with people we know and we know how they work, because at the end of it all, the way we build our business is the line of communication is always there. Transparency, and transparency. education, education. As well. <clears throat> and um, when that's not we tell, first of all, buyers, sellers, anyone how we started the business. And once they hear how we started the business, it's not based off, like you say, to make a boatload of money or whatever. It's to make sure our clients don't go through what we felt, like we went through the experience, how we felt, right? It resonates with people. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, but when it, it's like, when you have a, a seller, buyer, whoever, and they have an attorney, attorney that they're using, and it's not a real estate attorney, or it's not um, right. a lender, or it's, <clears throat> what is going on with me? Or whatever, right? They're not... They're not experts in what they should be experts in, right? At the end of the day, the realtor always gets the blunt of everything. Because, and the lender. Yeah, true. But, but you know, I think it's more the realtor because we're seeing. We're, we're... They feel like we should know everything and tell them from the jump. Correct. The best way to explain it is that I would agree if with you that, have a. Oh, look at you. <laughs> well, yeah, well, here's, here's the, the place uh, for the real estate agents. The real estate agents in today's world, and it's only going to become more and more uh, important, is that. Well, we're the guides, we're the advisors, we're the consultants. Mm -hmm. That's the way we're not the salespeople. You're the backstop, point. essentially. Yeah, they don't need Pretty us much. to find a house. They can go online and see it, find a house, but we're there to guide them because, well, there's no good site online anywhere that will explain the buying process in New Jersey very clearly where you understand it. So we are the guides. We are. The, we have to tell them what happens next. We have to. 
kind of tell them the best way forward. These are the best options. This is the best way forward to achieve your outcome, the result that you're looking for. And that's what we're here for. See, what happens is, what Jeff said is, uh, before he said that well, there's a bunch of anxious buyers out there. Yeah, they're mm -hmm. only becoming more anxious as a population. Right. They're only becoming more dependent as a population right. out there. Absolutely. That means they may need more hand-holding, and they need more mm -hmm. help, and they need more guidance, guidance and more good advice. That's our place. So we're there Absolutely. to to guide them. We're, we're the we're those when when they're looking to get in a relationship with us. Well, they're looking for us to be the leaders in that relationship. And if we can't be the leaders in that relationship, we can't be the guides in that relationship. Then maybe it's just not a good fit. Maybe that's why they go and they start looking for other agents because they don't feel comfortable enough where we can't tell them what happens next. So we can't get them to achieve, accomplish the outcome that they're looking for, which is really just to get a roof over their head that they're gonna enjoy for many years to come. I learned very early Absolutely. on in my career, right? Yeah, like yes, my role is, you know, at the time mortgage lender, right? But my role was really making sure everyone else not only does their job, but oftentimes doing everyone else's job, right? And it's the reality of what makes somebody in this business, especially in today's market, successful, in my opinion. Like, if you can't know everyone else's job and essentially do everyone else's job, right? Every yeah. client has one person they trust endlessly in a transaction. Right. Absolutely. most often, it's the attorney, because like, oh, it's an attorney. My attorney yeah. said, I'm like, exactly. your attorney represents the union. He's never bought a house in his life, doesn't know how to spell real estate, right? <laughs> but uh, fortunately for myself, my reputation I've built, I've more often than not, I've always been that like trusted person in a transaction. Now, let me cut you off. Yeah. Do you think it's because that's the only, for the buyer, that's the only person that's getting paid by the buyer? That's why, that's they, why they, tru trust they, they trust you. The attorney you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, because they're like, hey, I'm question. paying this guy. He's he, gonna, yeah. I, I think it's because like, as a society, and correct me if I'm wrong based on your experience, especially being in New York. Remember, I only did New York and New York City for the first eight years of my career, right? Oh, wow. It was, it's an attorney state. Yeah. I think because society said, oh, you only, you only trust two people, your attorney and your accountant, right? And remember, coming out of 06, 07, 08, lenders were not trusted and hated. Mortgage That's true. people were like not guys, trusted and hated, right? right? Yeah. And realtors are like, realtors suck. They all suck. They all suck. I can list yep. my house. I can sell my house, right? Most people have that sentiment of like, realtors are stupid and dumb and lenders can't be trusted. I think it only leaves you with your attorney that's left in the transaction okay. until you prove yourself right. to the client. And then that client goes out and sells you and endorses you and everyone then yep. know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we've been put in a position where now we need to educate them that not all agents are created equal. Correct. Some are better than others. That not That's all a shirt lenders. Idea. You need to make that shirt. Yeah, I was just going to say oh, that. Oh, you know what? Let's talk about shirts. Sure. No, no, let him finish the yeah. yeah. He's got yeah, value. You know, <laughs> so, I apologize. Listen, you know? so, I never... So, <laughs> so when we say, okay, well, we say the, the word real estate agent, what is the, what's the public perception when we say that word out loud? All, all of the same. Well, now all of a sudden, uh, the, the onus, the burden is on us to educate them. Well, not all real estate agents are created equal. Some are better than others, and we're one of the better ones. And uh, it, it's, it's just, that's the world we live in, right? Now, once we uh, educate them, once we provide them information, once we provide them knowledge, communicate expertise, competence, all that fun stuff, now all of a sudden it increases like they want to work with us and stick, uh, stick with us. Now, if we don't have value or we can't communicate value proposition to them, then we're just like the rest of them. Then they'll just, they'll just Wait, do next. You have, to give, you have to show value to get, you know, to get yeah. clients. Oh, and short-term oh. memory, by the way, is a very good quality to have in this line of work. Absolutely. It's like being a quarterback, throwing an interception, you got to come back the next play, you're not going to stop throwing, you yeah. got to try and score again, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But this is exactly why in this business you need a good team, meaning lenders, oh, yeah, inspectors, attorneys, people that you trust as well. Not only that, the, 
that the the client, the seller, the buyer trusts, people that you trust and you know you can lay on this person like, hey, if he tells you this, he tells you X, Y, and Z, um, they may not, he may not break it down like how you do business. I may not break it down to the nuts and bolts, but it needs to get done. And then they come back to us for affirmation, oh, for confirmation. Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Like you say, they become, they trust one person in a transaction. We've had clients where they've, we have our preferred attorney that they use. And because they're first time home buyers, they look at it and they're like, hey, the attorney's telling me to do this. Should I? Is this like, Kosher is just like they want okay. somebody to co-sign with yeah, their party. Exactly. You know, what, what, what drives me nuts is I'm like, we're not we're not attorneys. We tell you we're not attorneys. If he's telling you to do it, then like we do yeah, it. you yeah. have to yeah. do it. We like, do a lot in South Jersey. South Jersey oh they don't God. use attorneys. Yeah. It's and I'm not an attorney. Yeah. And I make it clear I am not an attorney. Uh-huh. Well, I don't want to use an attorney. I just want to I want to do listen. Uh, I don't know how you want me to negotiate this contract. It is what it is. I'm not an attorney. If something happens. I'm telling you, you should get an attorney. Oh, I'm going to just tell you about my experience. I'd rather save the fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, it, like it does to that and is, then put that work on you. And, yeah, exactly. We just we just had a deal down in um, Burlington County in Florence, right? It's right outside of Philadelphia. It was a divorced couple that was not talking to each other. So mm-hmm. I told bo- so I told both of the divorce so attorneys make sure they use a real estate attorney yep. because both of you guys are not getting paid. You guys can't represent both of them because you have conflicts. Correct. I will not do it. She was all for it. He's like, no, I don't want to. Because he was only getting 30% of the, set, the, 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 the proceeds. Net. Yeah. The house was in foreclosure, pre-foreclosure. So, like, they weren't really getting much anyway. And I'm like, listen, $1,300 is not a lot of money. This was hell. The oh transaction was hell. He wasn't, call, he wasn't calling for the payoff. He wasn't, like, I'm like, listen. They, and he had a very common name. There was maybe oh 65 pages of judgments. I'm like, go through all this. Like, you have to go through all this. But what happens if I don't? Not being funny, but in going back to, and again, I try not to often lead with money, right? Meaning like price points, loan yeah. amounts, right, money, right? Value. Um, one thing I've learned is whether you're closing a $100,000 deal or a $15 million deal, usually the larger deals are actually easier yeah. closed than, than the smaller deals. Oh, 100%. And back to what Ron said earlier. Yeah. Right? Ron, R-O-N. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Making sure that we're in two ends there. Look, they're becoming besties. Look okay. at this. You see that? Don't steal them away besties, from me. You best. better not. <laughs> I'll come after you. <laughs> Unfortunately, when you get into the lower price points, right, it's usually that much more important to someone or the reward is just that much significantly less, right? Mm. So back to what he said earlier, hey, you know, realtors' commissions, lenders' commissions, title companies, commissions, earnings, right? All come based off of the purchase price and loan amount. So I always say like, yeah, there are loss leaders that you do, Mm -hmm. but a good business practice as you elevate and escalate your business is being selective on what deals you take under a certain price point. Like people call me up like, hey, can you do this $150,000 co-op? I'm like, no, I can't because (laughs) here's why. A, I don't have control. B, it's a small price point. C, I'm not going to be able to be competitive, right? So I'm going to refer you free of charge, no referral fee included, to the person that's best able to suit you and your need for what you're looking for, right? And as I've gotten busier and my career is elevated and escalated, I've had equally as much fun dealing with the first-time home buyer as I have with like the experienced investor and also the larger price point, right? So like there's only one in me. Mm-hmm. But I've also, in order to make sure my clients get serviced, especially my past clients get serviced, I've implemented people in my process to handle certain transaction types and certain loan thresholds so that way my clients are still taken care of. I still control the pricing, but 
I need to spend my time doing the million, two million, three million, fifteen million dollar deals that take a lot out of me and more calls, right, and requirements, than answering fifteen questions a day from the first time home buyer trying to buy a hundred thousand dollar co-op. It's just not my best use of time. Mm -hmm. Factoring what you can make, even if everything goes smoothly, you're still losing money on it. You know, I love that you just said that. Me too. I was just gonna say. You, you, we are just valuing our time now. Now we're in year. Uh, we're in Four. year. No, I just started valuing mine literally when I went independent on my own in 2019. So it took me a wow. good 11 years to wow. understand the value of time. Like we, when my yeah. son was born, let me let me correct that. When, when my son was, son was born, because yeah. I had my son 50 percent of the time, mm -hmm. so my freedom in life and career went from 100 percent work right to now I have a new vegetable looking at me right that <laughs> I need to like take care of and spend <laughs> and time with me a father. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So now I went from being 100 percent to 50 percent, and I still have to take care of myself too. Absolutely. So when I learned, like, being a father came first to me, if you want to get me, you can always get me. You know, you, I'm always reachable. Yeah, right? you are. But the people that I respect and admire the most and the first time people calling always get me. But when I have my son, my son comes first. And that really taught me to really value my time because my time is limited, you know. And being a father became a priority over having my career. Well, we just had... Our first client. Sorry to cut you off. We're in the exact boat, me and you, um, because when it comes to it, I'm the default parent. So Nick is always like, he's always reachable. doesn't matter the time or the deal, whatever. He picks up for all the clients. My clients, my buyers know that when you reach out to me, if you call me, I don't pick up. is because I'm with my kids. My kids are, once I'm with them, not only that, when I pick up, you can't really accomplish anything. Because yep. yep. two of them are in tough. the background. The minute you pick up, yeah. they start fighting. Yeah. It's like yeah. everything is... They, they know when you're on the phone. It's like, hey, we got to make noise now. Oh, my God. We'll be at the park, and they're <laughs> all good. And I got a phone call. I'm like, okay, they're good. Let me pick up this phone call. Let me take two seconds. It'll be a quick phone call. The minute I do it, they're there. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Let me circle back on it. Let me get you an answer. Even though I had the answer, let me circle back. I'll respond later and on. And then it's when I call. Yeah, and then I'm like, Nick, can you please? Blah, blah, blah. But I tell them, but I'm you like, you have what works for you guys. And I respect absolutely. Like, you guys have adapted from absolutely. what you know you have need, to. what you know you need. And say, yep. hey, look, I'm a big divide and conquer guy, right? Absolutely. So, like, you guys are dividing and conquering and making sure that your shit still gets done. Yep. Yeah, because, you know, the thing is, we got to make sure our kids eat. So it's, so if, you know, if, if it's, if I'm sitting in the office until 830 at night and she's just feeding the kids and they're yeah. about to go take a shower and go to sleep and I'm still here, it's what needs to be done to, Sacrifice. Put, to yeah, put, put food in there. But, um, what I was going to say is we just had our first client fire us, uh, last week we did. and no questions asked. It did you a favor. It did me a favor because <laughs> I love needy clients. I love Cause you're needy. Sasha, is he needy or what? Um, Nick is right. 100%. <laughs> I understand them. Yeah. No, because I, I was them. Because he's one of them. I, I, I understand them. <laughs> this client here, one, there was a language barrier, so we did everything over text message, Tough. which was great because text message, there's no, the best it, doesn't o it doesn't open up for yep. interpretation. Yep. It is what it yep. is. I'm, I love when it's something as an attorney review to try to steal it. I've stolen so many deals out of attorney review because my client wants it. And you know they, they, they're people valid. dragging their feet and over yep. negotiating, exactly. and you're wasting everyone's time. So it's an attorney review. Best time to steal it. They're like, oh, highest and best. I don't believe in highest and best. I think it's stupid because New Jersey, if it's not under contract, you're not you done. can. Yeah, you, it's not done. Yeah. So don't give me. Don't tell me no highest and best. I don't care. If, I don't give a shit about highest right. and best. I really don't. Right. It's irrelevant. You know? 
other agents give up. It's, uh, more, it's more of a sexy headline, if it, anything. Yeah. But, no, it's just a real estate agent being lazy. To create, no, it's it's buzz. To create the buzz. Exactly. exactly. But it's the, a real oh, my God, everybody yes. wants it. We have 50 yeah. offers. Like yeah. It's a real estate agent. By Tuesday at 4. Yeah. It's a real estate agent who's lazy and doesn't want to continue negotiating. Correct. Correct. Like, don't. True. Give True. me your offer, right. and I don't have my client right. negotiate. If we're right. going to go back and forth, I'm not going to go back and forth just one time. I, I, I don't like that. So it was an attorney review. She, the guy goes, oh, we had highest and best day. We finished at 5 o'clock yesterday. You guys didn't have an offer. I'm like, okay, doesn't doesn't matter. I'm sending an offer. You have he to owes, present uh, it. He owes, but I'm like, I'm sending you an offer. Present it to your clients. It was higher than the offer they had. So he goes, all right, my client's going to take your guy's, guy's offer. I'm like, listen, bro, I'm smoother than the baby's ass. We're going to get this in and out of return <laughs> review. We'll get on the contract. Because I already know you cheated on that client one. I, you're not going to cheat on me, right? So I want to get on the contract so you guys can't take anything else. He came back and goes, hey, the other person came up higher, which I already suspected, and I told my client. So we went up. Then she goes, hey, I'm stuck. I'm, this is where I'm maxed. I'm maxed at this number. Put in writing. So I texted back. An hour and 15 minutes later, she goes, you know what? I want to give him another $25,000. Oh, man. So I'm like, all right. So I called him. He goes, all right, you guys are going to be a backup offer. It is higher, but I'm going to put you as a backup offer. So I told her, she got mad at me. She goes, I'm, it's higher off. I'm like, this is the one that fired you? The fired me. Yeah. I'm like, you told me you were maxed at this number an hour and 15 minutes ago, which I told this guy here. They don't want to, they said this is the last number and they're sticking with one person. They're not going back and forth. And then she goes, you know what? Because there was a miscommunication, uh, we're going to go with another real estate agent. So I'm like, no problem. But it wasn't even a real estate agent, she says. She says, we're going to go work with other realtors with an S. Yeah. And I was like, so we're like, yeah, how does that let work? Let her go waste and torture somebody <laughs> else's time. But, we, so the, but day, the craziest part is that the, I did a follow-up because I'm really good at, you know, smoothing things out. Like, he F things yeah, up. And he's like, yeah, can you come fix? I'm, I call myself the fixer. Yeah, she does. Because he's like, call my mother and fix this because I, I yell at her. I get like, super emotional. Well, you, where, you're passionate about what you do. You care yeah, what you do. But it, really with, like, I'll, I'll screw stuff up by just saying what's on my mind. And not really kind of I've been known to blow things up on the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. And then I'm like, yo, Sash. Once or twice. Uh, I need you to fix this. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's a man, true man to be able to do that. Yeah. yeah. And you're also lucky to have her to do that. Right. Oh, look at it. Give, it, give him a, give him um, one of those lucky things. <laughs> Use your button, but you know, genius. But hold on. Going back to the show before I forget. One of my favorite, favorite terms came from you. And oh, I'm, really? when I say you, I'm, pointing, I'm looking at Jeff for the people listening on oh. uh, on Spotify <laughs> and and uh, iHeartRadio, Pandora, <laughs> Apple, wherever you get your podcast. So the term dinosaurs, I oh love. God. I'm in love with that term dinosaurs. <laughs> Do you see that? What I meant now? 100, percent a thousand percent. Absolutely. And this market here, so I can comment. You know what happened with dinosaurs, right? <laughs> they go <laughs> they extinct. <laughs> they go extinct. But I'll tell you this: I don't comment on everything you post because I don't want people to think that I'm like. On your page 24-7. But everything you post makes total fucking sense. Oh, so you are on his page 24-7. Yeah, it is. Because you about everything you, know, you post. You know, but again, okay. uh, with all due respect right, for the industry, I understand people have an image to uphold. I understand people, like, I, I know I cost myself business. But I don't care because I'm not going to be a fraud. I'm not going to lie. But you're right? you who you are. I'm who I am, Absolutely. right? Exactly. And people are going to like it or not like it. But what yep. I can tell you is everything I post comes from... Like the right place and my heart. Uh -huh. right? It's not like bullshit. I'm not like saying things out of ego. I'm saying things that are factual. That I believe to be factual, right? Or, or forward looking. Um, I prop for every post I make that's semi controversial. Usually there are comments under it, but I probably get 
a dozen plus text message people like, yeah, listen, I'm on board with you with that, or you're 100% spot on, or thanking me for posting something. Like, I want to say, I, I just don't have the balls. To see, say. I can't, I wouldn't well, text. I don't want you to do that. I don't, no, I don't, no, I don't post to have people coast. The thing what is, I, do, you know? I wouldn't text you behind the scenes. If I agree with you, I'm going to put it public. I got you. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't text it. I got you. Mm. But, but I, understand. I don't this, think less of you for not doing this. I, I, I don't see oh, no. post, People though. have their position. Oh, no. We're friends, right? But, because I don't see his post. Well, you I should be friends. Post post yeah, but I think we're friends. What, what, one thing that <laughs> go, I'm excited about this market here is all the brand new agents that thought they can make money last year and a year before, On the way up. and these dinosaurs that have yep. never conformed, yep. they're gone. So now talking to you two, talking to those agents that are here, staying, what are those agents doing to generate leads? Mm. To continue to stay in business because they're not going to give up. They're making their cold calls. What are you they're telling motivated. those? Eight? And listen, yeah. they, they just I'm speak giving, out loud. I'm giving on the floor. I right know, right? Well. Speak, I speak out loud. I mean, they, listen. It's He's all, so loud right now. It's insane. <laughs> it, 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 this is it's open mic. But what are you telling the person, the person listening, saying, "Man, I want to make this work." This is so we're talking to we're, we're, realtors. We're, right? The person yeah. listening right now, new realtors, the, the, the realtor that did not give, has not given up. Has done deals, maybe five deals in the last twelve months or whatnot. You know, enough to stay in the business, but not enough to stay. I would say your average realtor and you know, the take stats, it to the next I, level. I'd actually look if you can after this, pull up the stats for like whatever MLS you belong. I would say the average realtor, right? So mm -hmm. take all the licensed realtors and all mm -hmm. the deals closed. I would say your average realtor has closed less than one deal in the past twelve months. No, wow. yeah. Ron, how many did last year? Forty-seven. Forty-one. A million 41. and one. So the um, he's dyslexic. He has no difference between one. And <laughs> so there you go. Put the cross. Yeah. The uh, it's. I'm gonna simplify it for everybody. Um, the difference between somebody who's doing well to somebody who's not. It's just action. That's it. That's what it comes down to. So straight to the point. It's called. Um, it's called job. Uh, you have to <laughs> you have to look at it as a job. As a this is your chosen line of work. This is your career that you've. Uh, decided to to have and you want longevity and success in it okay great then what are you doing nine to five even you know, as you know i work seven days a week and i like yeah. it. i enjoy 24 7 it. i prefer to work than just be at home so uh <laughs> it's you know if, if you're thinking that um it's okay to be watching a netflix show at two o'clock in the afternoon instead of working or going to the um to the grocery store or to the gas station or doing chores in the house compared to actually working during working hours, then you're doing it wrong. Um, if you want longevity mm. success in this line of work, then you might want to show up, actually do what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it. And it, in another way, I'm just gonna ask you a question. If you were your own boss, would you promote yourself or would you fire yourself? I love that. And if, oh. if, I, if you ask the traditional agent or the majority of agents and lenders out there, I think the majority of them would fire themselves. And it's just- I would put myself on a 90 day review. Yeah, well, that's, well, when you first hire, and then you, ninety day fiance. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you, you you already been placed on the ninety day review. You just don't I know it. You're on the eighty ninth day. <laughs> when you, you first you make get fired next week. But this will be my fourth time on my ninety day review. It like, should be a trial run. Done. It should be a trial one in the beginning. And you know what? If the trial doesn't work out, then we shake hands, stay friends, go our separate ways, and you know it's okay. <laughs> so it's it's important to understand those that wake up every morning and know what they need to do and, and do it when they're supposed to be doing it, 
those are going to be the successful ones if they do it consistently. Now, if you're doing it consistently, you'll get consistent results. If you do it inconsistently, you'll get inconsistent results. It's that simple because you can't do something once and say, hey, it didn't Expect work. Expect to reward, yeah, exactly. So it, it just doesn't work that way. So 100%. Whatever your lead gen lever is, and it doesn't matter if it's circle prospecting, calling cold leads, open houses, absentee landlords, you know, expires for sale by owners, whatever it looks like in your world, whatever your lead gen levers are, you better be doing it every single day. Mm. At a high level. And if you're not doing it every single day, then you're going to get I do that every day. Levels. Yeah. So I introduce can. myself to people every single day. And I tell them straight up, hi, I'm Sasha. I can help you sell your home, buy real estate, whatever. When I'm with my kids, they straight up, mommy can help you. Anything you need real estate wise, mommy and daddy can help you. We have a bench at ShopRite. Whenever we go to ShopRite, they sit on the bench and people walking by. They're like, this is my mommy and daddy. They can help you. They go to the park and hand out our, our business cards. Now, there's, a, there's a conversion to that, too. Uh, real estate is one big numbers game, right? It's a contact Absolutely. sport. The more you talk, the more you make. Absolutely. And not like the football kind, but it's a contact sport. <laughs> so, but everything's like a number. You, how many business cards do you need to hand out to get a conversion? How many times does your True. kids in ShopRite need to... Say so All the so. time. So, okay, but what can we do differently? What can you say differently? Maybe it's the timing. Maybe it's the tonality. Maybe it's the words we use. There's always ways to improve because nobody has perfect conversion. Absolutely. So we're always looking at everything, little thing that we do. How can we improve our conversion? How do we get it from, mm -hmm. okay, if I do this 10 times, I get uh, one piece of business. How do we get it down to five? Because then you work less, make more. Isn't that, uh, Absolutely. Isn't that a great place to be? So that's, that's called skill set. So when you improve your skill set in a lot of different things, then you'll improve your conversion. Then you actually improve your quality of life. Because if, if you convert a much higher level because you improved your skill set, then you're working less, making more, and you have more free time. So when, when you see a mega agent you know, just lounging at the pool, but he does way more than you, that's because he has a, a higher <laughs> skill set than you. That's because he has a higher conversion than you. But he also has lever why. He's also probably using leverage to work Absolutely. while he's not working. So uh, you're right. So at a certain Absolutely. point, everybody has a ceiling, mm -hmm. and it requires leverage. Jeff already has a leverage. You, there's so much you can do within 20, 24 hours, right? Mm -hmm. At some point, you need leverage. And at that point, um, you're going to be able to grow your business through others, and it's the only way to grow because you're going to hit that ceiling at some point. It, let's just say as, a, as an agent, uh, what's the max an, a single agent can do? How many units a year can they do just on their own with no... And with no admin, no, no yeah. showing assistance, no, no nothing. Uh -huh. Well, it's probably like, it depends on the geography of it. It's probably somewhere between 40 and 70 units. If it's very localized, you can do, they can do more units. If it's more spread out, they can do less units. But that's the max. Now, mm. I say units because, well, you know, you could do 20 Two, million yeah. with 20 yeah, units. Exactly. But you could do 40 units in the same 20 million. So it's yeah. just, it depends. Uh, so the, I go by units more. You know what? One thing that I love about being in Jersey or, you know, this, this area here, you know when someone knows their shit on how fast they talk. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. When we talk fast, <laughs> it's because you're just talking, boom. You're not bullshit. Game. Yeah, exactly. You know, and go, going into, like, knowing the game, you've written two books, right? Yeah. The first book, The Mortgage Quarterback. Mortgage Playbook for Millennials. All right. Yep. Excuse me. <laughs> and By the Mortgage Quarterback. By the Mortgage Quarterback. Exactly. And oh, so just repeat again since I did talk over you. The Mortgage Playbook for Millennials. Right. And the second one, the one where you know you have on the desk here is the real estate, uh, the realtor cookbook. Yeah. So, but I, so first of all, I know you don't know me other than the time we spent together here. <laughs> the fact that I just remained quiet for that long on one coffee is like That's unheard. Of. Yeah. <laughs> we, we just set my own personal record, right, on that time being quiet. But I want to start. I have a lot to add, a lot to comment on. I took everything you said in, and I agree. I think two things I want to start off with before I unravel both thoughts. One, this business is fucking hard. It is. I don't care if you're new, mm -hmm. seasoned, been doing it 50 years. It's hard, right? Absolutely. The second thing is, 
people have to do what works for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I believe that the world has changed. Okay. I believe consumer behavior has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am 100% against the nine to five box restrictions many mm. people in corporate put on the. Oh, nine dang, Ron, he just shot at you. But it's not, it's, at your knees. But, 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 but remember, remember <laughs> I said everyone's different, right? right. So what works for him May doesn't have to be. work for me. But Absolutely. I'm sure there's still that Venn diagram of what we both agree on, right? What but, works for me, others can't do. So. Yeah. He's a mega. <laughs> right? Listen, not for nothing. Like, I'm going to yeah. go, and I don't know him, but I'm going to say, yeah. like, Two of your probably strongest qualities are discipline and accountability. Without knowing yeah. you, like discipline he has a and very militant um, thingy. That's, yeah. that, that's what makes no. success because consistency mm. is well, no. right? Well, I'm I'm actually uh, scattered. I'm, uh, I, but I'll get the job done. Creatively so, scattered, right. but you yeah, know yeah. where you're going. But I'm working. Yeah. I'm working yeah. from from uh, sunrise to sunset. I'm working but seven days a week. Back, yeah. I want to. Yeah. Uh, I then want to touch on. Okay, so he had said like everyone hits a cap, right? Of like, mm-hmm. okay, you're one person. What is your cap? What is your ceiling? Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm not a big believer in ceilings on anybody, anything, right? Because mm-hmm. you could always get better, or do more, right? So in, I, I think I tell everybody, uh, aside from what's going to be this year. My biggest earning year in the residential mortgage business, in the mortgage business, mm-hmm. was 2011 when I was 24 years old. Oh, wow. Wow. Biggest earn. Th- think about that. And obviously, wow. the mortgage business had a party in 2020, 2021, 22. I didn't get invited to that party, right? I gave up my <laughs> license in 2017, stopped originating, and I left millions of dollars on the table. I say this openly, right? Because I was focused on other things. I knew I wanted and needed more. I didn't want to just be a mortgage person my whole life, right? Mm-hmm. So... I come home December 31st, 2011. My girlfriend's sitting there. I'm three hours late. I missed dinner. It's New Year's Eve. The ball's about to drop. Oh, right? oh, man. Why? Because I needed to eclipse $30 million a year. Everyone was like, there's no way you can do $20 million. If you do $20 million, you'll be a hero. You'll be a rock star. I love this story. I've heard this story. I love this story. I share this all the time because yep. it, it goes to sacrifice, but then it also comes down to being real with yourself, right? Absolutely. I had no assistant, no processor. I had staff. Like at, that, the bank gave me because I didn't know the business. I went out yeah. to just fucking knock down doors and close business. Mm-hmm. And I cl- ended up closing third. I had twenty nine million, like nine hundred thousand, going into the thirty. Wow. And I said, I'm not fucking going home until I close thirty million. And I got the two deals that everyone's trying to push off. Oh, close next year. I'm like, no, fuck you. I'm closing thirty million this year. Like, yeah. Or I'm not doing your loan. You know, it was one of those. I closed two FHA deals December thirty first. 2011, closed 31 million, blew out everyone's expectations. Everyone's sitting there like, how did you just do this? I cost myself my health. I cost myself my quality relationships. Mm -hmm. I cost myself everything. And I said, I will never do this again, right? I made like $600,000 to myself that year, a little over what, under whatever it was, just in residential mortgages at 24 in the Bronx, okay? Wow. And I tell you that because I said, I'm never going to do this again. I can never do this again on my own, right? So then I would always close between like 25 and 30 million. Obviously, the business changed. Dodd-Frank came into place. And then in two, at the end of 2016, I had to grow Rebecca that worked for me. Mm-hmm. And I brought on, got her license. Basically, you know, I'm like, look, I want to close 100 million a year, yeah. but I can't do that on my own. So I took two and a half years, paid everything for her life for that two and a half years, groomed her and said, okay, I'm still going to be bringing in X amount of business. And I got to bring on loan officers, right? If I want to hit 100 million. There's only yeah, reality absolutely. of it, right? To scale. I went from closing 25 to 30 million a year every year. In 2017, I closed 16 million. Wow. So I brought on, I quadrupled my expenses, right? Because uh-huh. I was the product. I was the horse. 
I brought somebody on. So I went from still making five to $600,000 and I walked away with $100,000 on my ability to scale, right? Uh-huh. And I'm like, what, the, am I stupid? What the, f-? but then I'm like, okay, this is the business. This uh-huh. is the reality of the business, right? But at the end of the day, you're gonna have a transition period, right? Mm. The market somewhat dictates your earnings, right? The people that you surround yourself with almost, mm-hmm. you know, either they're a pro or a con. I'm a big believer, like no one's neutral. Either someone's adding to your life or taking from your life, right? So I share that story with you because I could have gone out there every year, literally from 24 years old to probably 64 years old, made a half a million dollars, close $30 million, regardless of market conditions. I still, I don't originate anymore. I haven't since 2017. Mm-hmm. I still refer out and bring in anywhere from 10 to $20 million a year, regardless of, I never post about residential mortgages. No, I just don't. have my past book of business. I have the people Absolutely. that know me, love me, like me, have done hundreds of millions of dollars of loans for, right? That I always get their business, right? And I give it to my team and they handle that. But People have to be real with themselves. Now, I, I also want to take you to another story of, you know, again, I worked my ass off, as I said, from December 2007 through June 2009. And again, remember, I cut my football team. I still had my heart in football. And in, 2000, not, in 2008, I made $36,000 working more than full time, right? Busting my ass, right? Made $36,000, which is great. I'm a college kid, 3000 a month, yeah. whatever. That September, I made 14000 of that. So put it into perspective. I have one month, wow. I made 14000 but I made 36000 for the year. I kept going, kept going, kept pushing. I missed holidays, missed birthdays, missed very close friends and family, funerals, special events, you name it. Missed everything that really Not meant it. something to yeah. me. Absolutely. But you know what? I, I was fucking hungry and focused, and I knew what I had to do in order to get to the next level or Absolutely. get myself a head start. I was 20 years old, in New York, in the Bronx, coming out of the greatest depression that we've ever seen in the history of real estate, right? I couldn't take vacations. So in the first six months of 2009, I made $118,000. Mm. Okay? So I'm wow. 22 years old. I'm averaging $20,000 a month paychecks, right? I was at the football field in my hometown. I got to see my mom for the night. I called, the, I called Verizon. I had Verizon at the time. And I turned my fucking phone off. I quit. Wow. Walked away from the business. Wow. I moved to Pennsylvania. Went back to play Division three college football. Wow. Played a couple games. Tore my shoulder up. Came home, I was at my mom's house for like three days recovering from surgery. I said, I can't fucking do this anymore. A realtor from the Remax that I targeted from way back when called me up, asked me to come back and save a deal for him. Came back, saved the deal, moved to the Bronx, and never looked back. But the business is hard, right? Like I left it all out on the field for 18 months at an early age, sacrificed everything. Parties, girls, relationships, everything, right? Didn't take days off. If I made more money, I wanted to make more money. I wanted to hit more numbers. I wanted to be number one to prove myself, right? So you have to go through that sacrifice of literally leaving it all on the field and being exhausted mm-hmm. for 18 months before you expect to see rewards, right? Now, today's a little bit different with social media and everything else. But Absolutely. the problem today, why people are not succeeding and are not doing business and are not sticking it out is because they're not willing to sacrifice everything else that they want short term mm-hmm. to get what they need long term. I mm-hmm. can tell you in today's world, in just my lending business, if I spend five hours total per week Per week on my lending business in today's world, that's a lot. And in wow. May of this year, I had my biggest earnings month by over a hundred to myself by over a hundred thousand dollars prior, and I closed fifteen million, almost fifteen million dollars in business in May. Wow. wow. So, but again, it took me fifteen. Kudos to you on that. But I don't say that to like impress you. I say it because it took me fifteen years of trial and error, mm-hmm. sticking out and believing in what I believe in. But I went from working eighty hours a week to make five hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. So now I probably have to work five hours per week. That's amazing. 
That's amazing. But I share that because you've watched the journey, right? You've yeah. watched the belief myself, and you've also watched like the evolution of that. And everyone's capable of that, but people don't see the first 10 years from December 2007. No one sees the struggle. No one, no, no one knows no the one struggle. No one will say, wow, from December 2007, right, through May of 2017, that 10-year gap, you worked 80 hours a week every week, didn't take a week off, took three vacations of which you were on the phone, and you never took a vacation more than three days. No, but this is, um, at the same time, to add to what you're saying, this, the business that we're in is, I call it the iceberg effect. Nobody sees blood, sweat, and tears. They right? don't want sacrifice to. and everything. And the people that don't want to do it. True. And, and at the same time, the real estate agents that are coming into the market or coming into the, into the profession don't understand. Like, they, they see the tip. And like, that's all they Oh, this guy made this much money, yep. this much. I see new agents coming into this office every single day. And I ask them. They know they, they, first of all, they ask me, like, hey, you know, I want to be real successful. Please tell me what I need to do. Yeah. So I tell them, how many people do you talk to today? Yeah. I didn't talk to anyone. So I'm like, I, you want to be successful? Talk to 10, 20, 30 people per day about real estate, and you'll be successful. So I go, you know, so I coach loan officers, I coach realtors mm-hmm. as well. So going back to the book, right? So I wrote this book, as you know, in 2021. Right. Oh, wow. 2021. Right. This is right before it went crazy. I mean, it, it was, was crazy. It was, it was, yeah, a year after COVID really came. So like the market was still booming. Everyone knew everything. But it, wasn't, it didn't get stupid yet. Didn't get stupid. Uh, it was on the verge of getting stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It was like coming off stupid, but then going back to another level yeah. of stupid, right? So I wrote this book. Why? Because there was, a, again, people invite me to those stupid Facebook groups. This group had like 110,000 <laughs> people in it, right? Ooh. And I, me, like, if you invite me and I know you, I join because like, I respect. Like, I'm never going to stop following somebody I respect. Exactly. If you invite me something, I'm going to it because I just respect you. Like, don't, yeah. don't waste my time either, right? So <laughs> this group has 110,000 groups in it. We're about to hit the boom, crazy heyday, all the stuff that's coming, right? And everyone's like, I have, I'm, I'm a realtor, I have no money. Oh, I'm a realtor, I have no business. Oh, I'm a realtor, I have no listings. Oh, I'm a realtor, I can't do this. Oh, I'm a realtor, but Nico gets all the business. I'm a, every <laughs> excuse possible, right? Wow. And you, I think you know me, like, I'm the furthest from an excuse guy. Like, you could literally have a match, light the room on fire, and I'll still take responsibility for the room being on fire and putting out the fire. That's just mm-hmm. how I am, right? Uh-huh. Naturally. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you know what? My uncle played for the Land Falcons. He wore number 57. I'm like, I'm going to write a book dedicated to my uncle who played for the Falcons and my godfather who almost inspired me to write the book by one thing that he said to me, like something that stuck with me, right? So I wrote a book called The Realtor's Cookbook, Affordable Ingredients to Becoming Financially Healthy, 57 Ways to Generate Buyers, Sellers, and Renters on a Discounted Budget. So I basically said, okay, out of the million things that I've tried, after the millions of dollars that I've spent on bullshit marketing, advertising, bullshit that was usually worthless, Mm -hmm. right? I need to come up with ways, $100 or under, 57 ways where somebody could pick up the book, pick up a concept, and do exactly what they say in under an hour. Mm. So I wrote the book for the lazy, incompetent, non-person that wants to sacrifice anything right. way where if you pick up this book the and shortcuts you do of one, it's, it's, it's strategic shortcuts, right? Mm-hmm. And again, if you do all 57 per day, you're going to be extremely successful, right? Mm. But you know what? You're probably not. So pick up one, pick the page, prepare. It's like a, reading like a cookbook, right? And I want you to work one hour a day Seven days a week, so like every day. So I'm asking mm-hmm. you to work one hour a day with one thing 57 times. So if you want to work for 57 days straight, day one, one. Day one, day two, two, right? And then when you get to day 58, go in the reverse order. And literally all you do is work one hour a day, 365 days a year. I guarantee you do more business than you're doing now, right? So I wrote the book because people need guidance. They need help. And I believe, unfortunately, a lot in both industries, the mortgage and real estate respectively, right? They kind of run laterally mm-hmm. together. Absolutely. There's a lot of miseducation. 
right? There's a lot of misinformation and there's too many false expectations set. So when everyone's like, hey, I just Absolutely. made $100,000 this month in the mortgage business, get your mortgage license and come do it. Okay. A, you got lucky. B, you probably didn't really make $100,000. You're probably full of shit, right? Mm-hmm. And C, you're leading somebody to the cliff, right? Because you're not saying everything that A, took that went into that. And B, you're not going to have beginner's luck like that, right? So like you're, the, you're setting the false expectation where mm-hmm. people are leaving their jobs, their career with bills and everything else. Yeah. They're leaving their full-time employment to becoming a realtor and thinking having 10 grand in the bank is going to make it through year-end. When no. I've learned more than anybody, you need money to make money. Yeah. And you need money to take people to dinner, to pay for lunches, to pay for ball games, Mm -hmm. to invest in, I'm not saying pay kickbacks. I've never paid a kickback in my life. You need money to invest in relationships. You need money to invest to show people who you are, and there's no way of better doing that over than a nice meal. Right? I totally agree. So you asked what does it take for anyone to succeed? Sacrifice, number one, right? Two is going to be strength, right? And three, my opinion is being surrounded by the right people. If you're surrounded by shit, you're going to be shit. If you're surrounded by people that are better than you, you only have one way to gravitate, and that's up. And Absolutely. that's what's helped me evolve myself, is by changing the quality and class of people that I spent the majority of my personal time with, right? Mm. And let go of the people, the anchors, and the friends that were still stuck in 2000, 2005, 2010, 2015, 2020, not going anywhere, not doing anything. And it's a hard decision to make, if you want to get to the next level, you need to elevate the people that are already at the next level. Well, you also need Absolutely. to be put yourself around people that are, you know, worthy. You, you want to be around the, the best what? of the best. Yeah, I, I would mean, say. Like, this is why the, I surround myself crowd. with Ron. The good crowd. Because he's mega. He, I want to become mega, and he's going to become what is the next stage of mega? Ultra. That's mega. what ultra mega. That's <laughs> what he's going. He's going to be O um, U M, and I'm just going to be mega, and then we're just going to keep busting out ceilings left. But that's and right. the name of the game. You know, absolutely. So one thing that you mentioned and. I, I was thinking about, you know, I was just thinking, kind of just, you were saying it, and you said a ward, and then it just popped in my, uh, Reggie Bush popped in my head. Um, Reggie Bush. Yeah, Reggie Bush. So he had the high, he was the best running back. I know back. who he is. Yeah. He should be giving that Heisman back, by the way. You, so, you know, you know how much Bronny LeBron is making in NIL deals? And he's he just got out of high school, running the college? $7.9 million. What? So, Ronnie LeBron, Le, oh. LeBron, LeBron, um, J- James, uh, LeBron, I'm sorry, Le- Ronnie uh, James, I'm sorry, right? Yeah. LeBron's Ron- son. Yeah, LeBron's son. Okay. Uh, Ronnie. Ronnie <laughs> James. Okay. $7.9 million. Okay. Um, Arch Manning, mm-hmm. $2.9 million going into Ooh. Tennessee. NIL deals. Reggie Bush lost his Heisman award mm-hmm. for getting paid $300,000 under the table for signing his autograph on jerseys and memorabilia while he was in, in senior year, right? He was in the best. That, that was by far. One of the best college athletes of all time. Uh, but, but not just that. Really? That two years at USC, you had Matt Liner. You know, you had um, the Reggie Bush. from New Brunswick, Dwayne Jarrett. Yep. You, you had the best of the best athletes coming out of USC. Because didn't Matt Liner won it the year before or the year yeah. after, right? Yeah. Or the, yeah, it was the year after. He won it. I know he won it. So it was either the year before I think it was the year he got drafted, right? I think. Uh, yeah, so it was, yeah. it was his senior year. Yeah. So he won the Heisman. Is the best athlete who played football in that season, and he was the he was the last non quarterback to win it, right? Because I don't think a, a quarterbacks have won it since then. Probably. And they 
because the Heisman. So hold on, they took it away from him? So the Heisman Trophy, you want to be the most pure, the best. I know what a Heisman you know, is, what I'm asking. So the Heisman. Took it away from him. So the Heisman. He got, he got illegally paid against the rules. Uh, uh, so, so he got so kicked back. This okay. is when Pete Carroll left USC. He kind of saw it coming. He left, left USC, went to Seattle. He was a failed football coach with the Jets, went to college, built this whole program up. Yeah, the dynasty. He did. And then oh, wow. because of this whole this whole um, debacle, debacle oh whatnot, God. they got sanctioned. I keep kissing them. They, they got shank, sanctioned. They, they were ineligible for bowl games. And, and they, 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 they lost a lot of the prestigiousness of being in USC, which is all coming back now. But he had to give back that award. Now, you, I, you told me your two cents. He should have, I agree. I Listen, I, I, but I also, right is right, wrong is wrong, right? However, what I don't like is the hypocrisy of it, mm-hmm. right? Every player that's playing at a major university is getting paid, yep. right? Uh-huh. There was a big scandal with the University of Miami, the guy Shapiro, yep. the whole thing, yep. right? Yep. So at the end of the day, they had to make it legal because the universities were using these kids and saying, oh, uh-huh. we're giving you a free tuition for $200,000. Great, I get it. You're giving them an opportunity. But Reggie Bush made that school so hundreds much. of millions of dollars so in jersey much. sales, endorsements, fan mm-hmm. attendance, tickets, other players going there because he was there, the right? Yep. So it just wasn't fair. And again, I toss up, like, I don't believe in rules, as you know. Like, I believe in <laughs> rules, like, be a good person, right? Like, don't walk in and just stab somebody. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, like, did that money negatively impact him or his performance? No. Mm-hmm. That rule was in place for greed. So, like... I think it's total bullshit. He should be giving the award back and doesn't take away what he did on the field. Yeah. And everyone else is doing that. And why was it okay that LeBron's mom in high school was bought a Hummer? Yeah. She got what? she was so he, so he can so she can transport him back and forth. Remember that, that was right? that was okay. But this is happening. What? Oh, hold on. Hypocrisy. Um who was the basketball head coach with the strippers? Um the stri- what? Patino. Hold on, this is getting interesting. Patino. 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 Yeah. Rick Patino, right? He would recruit players yeah. by having strippers. It was at Louisville. Call up what? He would just bring them to the field? No, you would, <laughs> you would, bring, recruit, you would bring recruits, <laughs> a, a high school recruits to the campus, and then he would hire strippers to take them out on that other town Ooh. after their meeting that while well, they were visiting. Every school does it. Every, every, but, but, wow. But the thing is, maybe what, I should have played we, football. At, at Fordham. <laughs> We used to take him to Sue's Rendezvous in Yonkers. Nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. You know, Sue's like, oh, rapper, rapper. Wow. But it's just, it is mind-boggling. When you said awards, that, that was the first thing that came up in my head. The Reggie, how Reggie Bush got screwed. And now, you know, this, like EA Sports. EA Sports had NCAA football. He was on the cover of it. Yeah. Really? But these, NCAA football was one of the most popular games behind Madden for sports games. And that's, then why they, they, that's why they did away with it. And they had to get away with it. Yep. They got away with it because oh, wow. these players, the athletes, are saying, well, hold on, wait. That character looks like me. Hey, and the only thing me. is, <laughs> it's just the number. Stop it. It's just their number. It just says player number 51 or 57, whatever. It just says that player's name. That's what it is. You know it's USC, Rutgers, you know, Louisiana, whatever school it is. You know, it's me with my ads, exactly. my face, my hair color, if my the quarter, everything. If the quarterback is if the quarterback is black, that quarterback is black with the same number. All right, so Michael Vick, there's Michael Vick at Virginia Tech, number seven, Michael Vick, right? If it was Peyton Manning at Tennessee, and Peyton only Manning the universities in the NCAA were making money off yeah. of it, and, that's now, and the players weren't getting nothing. Now, the wow. only thing that sucks about this NIL thing, though, so it, to me, there's no fair way for these players to generate the money that they should be generating. Because you have the basketball schools, 
you have the football schools, you have schools that are more, you know, known more for volleyball and stuff like that. Those athletes should be getting paid more, but it goes to men's sports first, then women's sports. Listen, in all fairness, again, like, it, I'm, it, I, I think you know I'm the most, like, ra- yeah. I think I'm, like, the most, when it comes down to fairness, like, one of the more rational people that have an opinion and being an athlete, right, and not being sexist at all. Like, right, right. Women work for me. Like, I employ women. Like, I have yeah. biz- business mentors that are women, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm very, like, neutral when it comes to that. Like, fair is fair, right? Yeah. Like, men are usually physically stronger than women. That's just, like, it's proof, stats. Like, I didn't make that up. I believe in business and in life and everything, you're only worth what someone's willing to pay you. Yeah. Right? So you could talk about equality, equality, women get for... Okay, because if you look at sports, men's sports, usually college football at a big school or college basketball, generate the most amount of revenue, right? Yeah, yeah. So if we're, let's say we're a team, right? And we're both equally responsible for generating revenue. And I generate 80% of the revenue and you generate 20% of the revenue. Right, and that's just all it is based yeah, exactly. on revenue generating. Why should you get peace of mind? I should get eighty percent, and you get twenty percent. But if you think about uh, UConn, right? Women's basketball. Women's basketball get, is they're, what, be, they're better than college football. Exactly, they, they bring really? in the so those women athletes should be paying more. But there's some Absolutely. football players getting paid more than those basketball players. You know why? Because there's more money people want to invest in football than that, that's, women's basketball. That's, that's what things. But listen, not for, not, listen, not for nothing, right? Not for nothing. Let Jay-Z or someone that's backing women's sports or somebody or Beyonce or a woman. Cause yeah. Listen, people want to play pro- cry poverty. One of my best friends found the company in 2013. Beyonce came to her to be, invest in her startup as like an angel investor like wow. three years ago for multi-million dollars, right? That's amazing. So I know a girl that's my age, 36 years old, that has millions of dollars in the bank totally killing it. She's not giving back to women's sports. And she was a former athlete. Really? Wow. So I, I share that with you because if you want that, okay, let the women that have made more money than you and I will ever make together yeah, yeah. kick back in it. Yeah, true, You know true. what I'm saying? Like, women are for women when it's convenient. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. You know, does that make sense? No, that, that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Like, okay, women need to spearhead that. Like, if men, yeah. Yeah, men do that, but again, at the end of the day, you put an NBA game up against a WNBA? Yeah, that, that's... Come on, man. No, it, Caitlin Clark, exciting. Hopefully she's good change for the game, in my opinion, right? I'm sure she'll get paid big bucks for that, right? But at the end of the day... Name a, a prior FIBA before Caitlin Clark. Cheryl Sco- Scoops. That was 25 years but, ago. But, but, she but, was, but she's what this girl is now. The point of that is, is I watched the college basketball playoffs. I watched that whole run, Louisiana State, right? right, right. That was fun. That was exciting. They made it fun because the media made it fun. They were great games. In all fairness, the competition really hasn't been that good prior, so there weren't views. But I think the NCAA women's had more views ever than before by a long shot and may have even been larger views than the men's, men's college basketball wow. game this year. That's but amazing. you need oh, wow. a product on the field that's willing to be watched and exciting. Yeah. And if it's not, Absolutely. no one's going to watch it. Yeah. And that means that no one's going to pay money for it. No, you, it. It's all fairness. When though. it comes down to it, it's definitely the money. Dollars. Yep. Where's the money going? Yeah, 100%. But I, uh, I just don't know how Reggie Bush got into... Uh, once you said a word, that's just popped in my head. Reggie when Bush you said Reggie Bush, I thought about the Kardashians. I'm just saying. We're a Kim K. Well, he did, he did. Kim K. He dated her. He did? Yeah. yeah back in 06. 05, 06, right? Yeah. 07, yeah. Yeah, they were like a couple, bro. Yeah. After, Do you not after remember? Ray, it was after Ray J. I yes, exactly. Do you remember not remember the magazines we yeah, had? Yeah. Ron, you're with me on this one, right? <laughs> He's a big Kim K. Hold on. You're watching Kardashians? The only thing I can add to the conversation is that there's more women realtors than men. You know, <laughs> and, more, and they're probably better than the men. Definitely. You know what is? 
They're um, oh, they're bulls. Man. They are. They're 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 very tough. They don't take shit. Absolutely. Um, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's also some men too, but for the most part, women are very strong for their clients. Um, when it comes to, if, are you, you know, just saying that because I'm sitting here? No, I'm actually oh, okay. a believer. This has always been my belief. I've said this publicly before. Uh-huh. I believe that women, specifically mother-like women, like mm-hmm. people that are like innately a mother, mm-hmm. should be the one spearheading the residential real estate market and the residential lending market. Yep. Right, mm. because it's emotion-based. You need to have compassion, empathy, sympathy, yep. and be there as a voice of reason. So like, if you could be a good mother, you could yeah. be a good residential realtor that and is, lender because you're able to make that connection. Innately as women, more so than men. Now, men were most of them because they've had more time in the business world, per Mm -hmm. se. Men bring more of a business mindset and black and white numbers financial analyst. Absolutely. P&L and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a human. My my opinion. Now, look, there's always crossover, right? Mm -hmm. When you look at the facts back in the day, the men were in lending. The women were the stay-at-home moms, weekend warriors Mm -hmm. in real estate for Century 21. That's obviously since changed. Now it's an open market. But back to bringing it back full circle from an opportunity standpoint, anyone listening to this, anyone watching this, anyone that's going to be involved in this, right? And this goes mm-hmm. for everybody. We've never seen a greater time in the history of real estate to make a name for yourself other than right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. I agree right. with that. But you have to put in the work and sacrifice. Yep. You know, it, it goes back to that. Um, there's no success without sacrifice. So absolutely. The question is, what are you willing to sacrifice and there's no such thing as quality of life in this line of work at all no, no. so there's no balance but you know, there is a better quality of life in this business than there is in the restaurant business i was in well you're Absolutely. free but you're not really free you're, you're yeah. physically free to do whatever so, you want but you're never mentally so, free no so we're, you're always mentally available we're recording Absolutely. this what today's the fifth right july 5th we're recording yeah. this you, you know outside of jeff's live <laughs> this is going to be aired on the on friday uh, what is it? Today's uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so the 7th. 7th, right? yeah. It's going to be aired on the 7th. Fourth of July weekend, I worked the whole weekend. The only day I didn't come into the office was Saturday. But I'm, we were at the lake, and the whole time, I'm working from the beach. Part of the game. Physically free, not mentally free. Yesterday, Fourth of July, I was in the office for... Like four hours. A couple hours, yeah. Sunday, I was in the office. I mean, but, I was. Do you like fireworks off in here? I thought you. Had... No, 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 no. no. Like, the fire. Meanwhile, he was in here, and I was at the pool. I was at the lake. I was like, <laughs> yeah, just she was, yeah, she was. But, I was getting crispy. I was <laughs> living my best life. But not on me. I was. I was because I, I. You know, the thing is, let everyone else take days off. It makes me better because if you're taking a day off, and I'm working, guess what? I just took your client. That's that's the way I look Go ahead, at it. Take my clients, honey. <laughs> Do where you want. <laughs> well, what it goes back to is, uh, is balance versus imbalance. Now, what happens is there's there's personal and there's business. And if you're going to invest more time in your business, well, the scale is going to dip. You're, you're going to invest more time in your business, yet less in your personal life. And then what happens is if you choose to not answer the phone while you're on the boat, that's okay. But there's going to be another imbalance. So your like quality will be better in your personal, but your uh, the, uh, it'll be less in your uh, business. Yeah. So Absolutely. there's no imbalance. There's no balance. It's just a con- consistent imbalance depending on where you choose. Yes, where you choose. Yep. You have to take responsibility for those exactly. choices. What you're willing to sacrifice because um, if he's not there while he's on the boat, he's not uh, mentally there. That's the sacrifice, right? He's not. Uh, he's not completely present with his family, with his kids, mm-hmm. or he may even be completely away. So that's what we're sacrificing to have success. But there's always sacrifice mm. in order to obtain success you can't have absolutely. one without the other. another thing i've learned is, absolutely you know, for someone that likes to be all in on something me personally 
you can't be a hundred percent at everything, right? Like you can't be the best one hundred percent realtor out there no. because you have a wife and kids. You can't be a hundred percent best husband out there because you have kids in real estate, mm -hmm. and you one hundred percent can't be the best dad because you have, you have a wife in the business, right? Yep. So what I've learned that works for me is every day, and sometimes I pick it, sometimes I get thrown into it. Sometimes you don't know when you wake up, you might have to change that, right? Absolutely. When I'm doing something, I'm focused on being 100% the best at that. So if I'm with my son at the park, he's got my 100% undivided attention until my phone rings and it's a client that I have to pick up because I'm working on a deal. Now my client gets 100% of me and you know what? He's going to go on the slide and have to figure out his own shit for a little bit, right? <laughs> exactly. To be honest with you, right? Yeah, absolutely. And when you're able to do that and segment that accordingly, understand that you're going to have a minute, a phone call, four hours, eight hours, maybe two weeks. Hey, guys, you know what? Honey, I'm not going to be home because we have a big project going on. We got to get this new development listing, right? Mm -hmm. I'm spending the next two weeks 100% focused on business. You guys are getting zero. But when I'm done with this and we get the reward from it, you know what, guys? I'm giving you guys 24 hours on a vacation where you get 100% of my attention. So the key is not being 33% of everything at every time. The key is focused on what's most important, being very crystal clear on what you're putting your time and energy into 100% of, and then reallocating it, right? Like there's seven days in a week. Mm -hmm. Monday, you might be the best father in the world. Tuesday might be the best husband in the world. Wednesday might be the best business person in the world. Thursday might be struggling a little bit, but you know what? Whatever's most important that day, give 100% to. You, you couldn't have said that I couldn't agree with that even more. Yeah. That's yeah. learned. That's learned. That's I'm amazing. just learned. A quick clap right there. Yeah, he just yeah. did. And, and I would add that um, it's important to have the right support. Because if the person mm. that you're with yep. is not supporting that, then it, Never gonna work. it's not going to work out. So you, it's really important. He needs an applause too for that. To have... That support now, it's, you know, if, if you're going to be working all the time, you have to be okay with it. Because if they're not okay with it, then, well, you know, it's not going to work out. You know, as we, as we kind of wind down, this has been our longest episode. It and has. I, and I think this is our, the funnest. And it's been the, the most, funnest. Yes. Yeah, I think this is the best episode as well. We got a two for one special. Yeah, look you at know, that. You know, it, it worked out. And I honestly, like, I told you both, this is not scripted. We this just, was so amazing. We like just, putting you guys together was so amazing. We thought it was going to be amazing from the jump, but now like actually seeing it like in front of us, it ended up being so good. And seeing you actually like listen and not like say anything, interrupt while he was talking, that brought things to like a whole new understanding because for you to listen and like honestly give him your attention, that was like a whole nother level I've never seen. I'm actually a big listener, believe it or not. Are you the really? problem is I think a lot of people just put bullshit out there, right? So like, yeah, I know absolutely. instantly Boom. who's worth 100%. Yep. and who's not. Yep, Absolutely. Yep. And Ron's the real deal. No, yeah, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. The, the thing, one thing that I think I'm the most knowledgeable about or the most confident I am knowledgeable about is firefighting. I'm, I've, I've been, this is something I've been learning since 2005. I was going to say decorating your Christmas. Uh, <laughs> no, that's a new, that's a new hobby. Oh, that's, that's a very new that's, I, that's, hobby. Yeah. And I, don't, I, don't, I should have never planted this. I was the one that planted that seed. Why did I do that? You're guilty. Like, You're the guilty for it. I should have not done it. And like... It's getting big. I don't That's what started it all. Like yeah. the guy was moving from. I told him because I wanted him to reach out to because he knew the guy, right? When we started dating, he was like, "I gotta bring you to this spot, Sasha. You're gonna love it. You, they have the lights, and then you connect it to the radio, and you could hear the music and blah blah blah. Okay, whatever. So we go to the lights. In my head, I'm like rolling my eyes because I'm like, whatever, bro. I'm not into Christmas lights. Whatever. We go there. We listen to him. Like, okay, he's like, it was good, right? I was like, yeah, it was so good. In my head, I'm like, dude, you're no, you're a dumbass. Like, no, we're not making. Then the guy was moving to Florida. I call him up and I'm like, hey, he's selling. Meaning, call him up and get the listing. 
He no. calls him up, no, and no, then he's he like, oh, I bought these no, she, she knew, she's... That, <laughs> I'm like, that's about, that's a, Did you get the listing, too? Oh, first of all, no, that's a, it's a load of crap because he was he sold the house, and he was moving, so it was no listing thing. So, I but, thought it was listing-wise. No, 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 you, you're trying sold. to say that to make you sound better Whatever. now. But just <laughs> the, the, being a fly on the wall between I know, right? So, I, just to... I'll be on the phone, and I'll just be quiet. He just hears it. And then she's community just Ron just hangs up. Ron just hangs up. He's like, ah, I'll just talk to him later. But um no, but just to kind of put the reasoning behind the whole Christmas lights, during my tenure when I was in the restaurants, there was no holidays. There was no Christmas. There was no there was no time with the family, especially because there was no dad. Christmas it was the most the busiest time of the year. Exactly. So like when I was at Max Brenner, we would be on a two-hour wait. Single mom. Right, we were we would open at nine o'clock in the morning, close at three o'clock in the morning. At eleven o'clock, we were already on a two-hour wait. There was a Saturday, um, in the front of the restaurant, there was our retail center where we sold chocolates and all that stuff. Don't, oh, that chocolate don't, was so good. Don't mention the, the celebrity. And one uh, thing we're about, we're super about discreetness, and that's our sports and entertainment background with real estate, and that's when we got an appreciation of that discreetness. We had a celebrity. That I I went to the front of the restaurant and there was two black SUVs that pulled up right on Broadway. So I'm like, oh shit! Right, that was my first reaction. I'm like, fuck! They're coming! They're coming in here. So naturally, the you know the security opens up the door. Their their door first, and they go. So I go, and I had a black chef's coat and this had you know black Max Brenner and then had my name journal manager. So I'm like, hey, what's going on? I I work here. And he goes, hey, what's going on? Who's your client before you get him out of the car? So he told me. I'm like, no, they can't come inside. And he goes, excuse me. I'm like, listen, excuse me. Um, I'm on a two-hour wait. I'm shoulder to shoulder at the host desk. Your clients is going to send chaos. Now, these are supreme A-list celebrities that are in New York. I mean, me just telling you initials, people will know, right? I'm like, what do they want? They're like, oh, they just want your guys' hot chocolate. Not a problem. I went inside, got the hot chocolate. Brought it to them, gave it to the security, gave them everybody, and they're on their way. Like I could not let them in. That was my life when I was in restaurants, right? So this is easy. Real estate's easy. It, it is. When I left, when I left the restaurants, right? That was July of 2019. Now that you know, one year after that, we're in COVID. You know, so I'm, I'm, that's that's where I made it into real estate because I couldn't give up because I couldn't couldn't get PPP. No other option. And yeah. I couldn't get unemployment. That Christmas, so the Christmas of 2019, there was a Friday night. It was all four of us. We were in the car, and we were driving around looking at Christmas lights. I had a sense of thankfulness. Like a th- never had before. I never had. On a Friday, it, it, you never Freedom. went to look. You never looked Freedom. at Christmas lights. And that Christmas lights display reminds me what I what I gained when I left the restaurant Sacrifice. business. But um, what was I saying before this whole Christmas light thing? Um, I have no idea. Uh, nonetheless. You know, I have short yeah. memory. So as we wipe oh. uh, down, what's our last thoughts? I mean, go ahead and give, give some last thoughts. Or Ron, if you want to go first with the last thoughts. I'm just going to reiterate yeah. what uh, Jeff said, especially uh, if you're new to the business or even if you're in, in this line of work for, for a long period of time, who you surround yourself matters. That's it. Um, you know, it, 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 you can't just think that you're going to enter the business and um, just take it all on your own and be alone and, and not be surrounded by. No, if, 
surround yourself with others that are better than you and it'll excel your growth. And uh, it, there's, there's something I can guarantee every new agent and every new lender is that you're going to have more frustrating experiences than you are successful ones and you have to be okay with that. Mm. Great. That's a great point. That's amazing. And what do you got, Jeff? Chaos creates opportunity. That's all I got for you. Right to the point. That's it. Right to the point. Well. What is your what is your ending? Oh, my ending. Actually, I mean, it's gonna yeah. be. It's no different from every. every a happy one. one. I just don't. If you're gonna be in real estate, don't be lazy. I need one. Like I, I, I tell, <laughs> I, like I said, I tell these agents when they they ask me, every time I ask, how many business cards did you give out today? None. None. They don't have business. Cards. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me when you're giving out. Hey, I need more business cards. Like people on my team. I tell the agents on our team. Now we have a six-person team, right? We do real estate down by from Philadelphia all the way up to the Boconos, and then we do the Bronx. And you know what's awesome? Out of the five boroughs, the Bronx. Can't say the Brooklyn, the Staten Island, the, the Queens, Bronx. the Bronx. <laughs> the, 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 that's why I love the Bronx is my favorite borough. Oh my goodness! We do Bronx, Brooklyn, Staten Island, right? And I tell all my buyers agents, I want you to constantly tell me I need new business cards. I want to be. I I want to go broke buying people business cards. Like I want to go broke, like that's how because I know you're talking to people. That's why I tell you, if you want to be a real estate agent, talk to people. If you're not going to talk to, there's no magic phone call. That magic phone call will happen once you start doing business, and the person you helped trust you enough to recommend you to somebody else. That is when the magic phone calls happen. And those are phone calls you guys have gotten over and over and over. You guys getting phone calls from referrals or referrals or referrals. I had a kid yeah. just text me this morning that I haven't talked to since 2017. He's like, your email bounced. I said, because I haven't had that email since fucking 2017. Like, I haven't heard from you in six years. <laughs> He's like, what's your new email? I have a deal for you. Swear to God, on the way here. That, that, and that's the best that, one. That, swear to God, he just emailed me. It literally emailed me a deal. Those, I'm like, where have you been for six years? Like, oh, these stories don't happen to someone who just gets Canada into the business. No, so all these new agents who well, think it's going to happen. smoke you this way? No, I'm just no. But all these new agents that think that's going to happen, not. it's not. I promise you, it's not. Start to pull, tie up your belt, pull up your pants, tie up your belt, get your hands dirty, and you expect those phone calls. That's that's what my sense are. But it is what it is. Sage, go. Um, mine is um, geared more towards working moms and moms that deal with everything under the sun. Um, who is the default in your family, who's everything, who basically keeps the family together and does everything. You can do it. If I can do it, anyone can do it. And with the load of everything else, mentally, emotionally, I am carrying, there is a way. Um, and bottom line, working moms are the best out there. Power to them all because to be able to not only be a stay-at-home mom, but you're doing everything and some on top of it, Guys, reach to the stars, and in addition to that, motivation, motivation, motivation. Hang on to people that you trust, that you care about, that's going to be there for you, who's not only going to, you don't want people that's going to sugarcoat things for you. You want people who are going to be real, right? Ron, is, he keeps it as real as it is. If I ask him a question, he's like, you want the real answer? Or you want the real answer? Yeah, bottom line, I want the real answer. But the thing is that um, getting into the real estate business is not what you see on social media because we live in a in a society that's all about social media. And just like you were saying in the beginning, um, you meet players in the game that's not even on social media. That's in your world non-existing because if they're not on social media, they're not making it. But in reality, they're killing it at everything else. They Everything they touch, they turn to gold, turn to sold when it comes to Ron. So it's like... Not not only um, 
don't only focus on the iceberg. Focus on the little things, talking to people, like Nico said, building relationships, working, your nine to five, me, if that fits into your schedule. Absolutely. But planting the little seeds, because later on, if you keep watering those seeds, they turn into monster trees that then becomes such, such yep. big reward. And then you can start picking the money off the tree. Absolutely. Just so. want to thank you guys for obviously having me. No, no. Absolutely. We, we, Sasha and I think Don't be both. hanging out behind my back, guys, because I'm going to know. He posts things on social media. I'm going to know, Ron. If he's more available than You're... you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to bring the kids. I'm going to just pull up. I'll be like, I'll be like, first of all, where are you? I'm not even saying I'm coming. I'm going to just pull up. I'm I saw like, you guys were at the diner on River Road. Yeah, like, oh, right. yeah I'm outside. Yeah. You know who told me? Van No told me. That I'm there. Guys, thank you so this much for amazing. joining us. Um, for everybody who's listening, follow us on all our, our podcasts. Uh, you know, we got anywhere you get your podcasts, yep. all our social media platforms, the neighborhood sellers on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, wherever, even Snapchat behind the scenes. You see everything. Yep. Um, don't forget to follow Jeff Van Note on Instagram, um, Facebook. Ron isn't very active, but he's on Instagram as well. Have, Ron Lagaffi. Um, yeah, he has an account. But go follow him. Go check him out. He's amazing. They're both amazing. Thank you so yep. much guys, for being with us today, so much. guys. And until then, God bless you all, and have a wonderful day. See you on the flip side. Here it is. The episode you've been waiting for. The Neighborhood Sellers Podcast with your hosts, Nico and Sasha Antanasio. Grab a chair, grab a drink, grab a friend, and enjoy the conversation.